Welcome to Maximum HP, the old school show for the new school world. Um, today I'm flying solo. Uh, I had a few... I, we haven't done a show for a while, but um, I had a few experiences during this pandemic thing that's been going on that I thought might be relevant for a lot of folks that, are, that know that I'm an old school fan. Like, I really like first and second edition. Um, and I've griped a lot about 5e, and I'll admit, some things I might have been wrong. So um, I'd like to address that right off the right off the top. One of the things that happened during this pandemic was I fell into using Roll Twenty a lot more. I have a regular game that happens every other week, and um, fiddling with it myself, setting up games myself, I began to realize that 5e is a lot more user friendly when you approach it through this digital format than trying to read through the books. It's almost like the books really did this this, this disservice. I, I've really come into 5e and I, and I really enjoy it. I, I, I enjoy a lot of things about it. So I might remember I was wrong. Um, some of the things that uh, were stump that I was stumbling over from the coming at it from the books was about um, the the skills and the feats and the, like everything seems really overpowered but soft on death um, and I didn't understand a lot of the classes like the backgrounds had came with all of these abilities and stuff and it, and it was really overwhelming that everything had this mechanical bonus to it almost and it was just I don't know I, I was losing track like which monsters have pack tactics and which one, you know what do you call those things like i want my monster to shoot lasers from its eyes i felt like i needed to go hunt through the book to find this official title for every single ability when i wanted to give it to a monster well roll 20 sort of fixes a lot of things where, where you know when you link up the character sheets there's a drop down and you can just roll the dice for like initiative bling it happens you know things like that so in doing that, I discovered that the, that 5e has a certain sort of flow. It's a different flow than 1e and 2e, um, but it's a flow that I enjoy. You know, in 2nd edition, we were always looking for excuses to allow the occasional character to play the disallowed class um, without it upsetting the game balance. We, we would, like, hunt for excuses to do that kind of stuff. And 5e just sort of approaches this thing like, well... Any race, any class, do whatever you want. And at first, I, at first, I was railing against that until I started playing. And I was like, you know what? I'm got an idea for a unique character. I made a gnome druid. You know, in one e, this seems the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, but it actually plays really well. He's he's a, a really interesting character. I give him sort of a Balky Bartakamus kind of accent and approach to life you know like starry-eyed peppy like almost painfully upbeat sometimes 
sort of character and, and it was a lot of fun. It still is a lot of fun. Uh, so, and, and you didn't have to struggle to get to a place where that was allowed and, you know, it just was there and it's really worked out. So like every time you, you know, roll it, it 5e takes care of like, I mean, the uh, roll 20 takes care of a lot of this background noise that I was personally struggling with. And now it makes sense. Now I can flip through the book and things are making more sense. And I think it was my org, my one E two E organizational brain approaching the five E books that are organized in a different way to appeal to a different audience. That being said, the games are still different. I feel the games are different. So when, when this issue of maximum HP is the undead, the Kickstarter is running right now. It's, October 24th, 2020, and it's got like a week to go, and I decided to make it 5e, right from the get-go, just because I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab it, I'm going to embrace it. It was still a first edition zine, but this edition is primarily 5e, but there's still going to be a 1e version of it. Um, and the other tool that I've discovered that made this learning curve of 5e a lot better was D&D Beyond. Um, so there's a cost involved. Of course there's a cost. In Roll20 and in D&D Beyond, I've bought the Player's Handbook for both, Monster Manuals for both, just because it it just makes it easier. It makes it easier to write. It makes it easier to run. It makes it easier to play. What I do, there's a, there's a, uh, a plug-in for Chrome called Beyond 20 that you that allows you to link D&D Beyond to your Roll20 game. So you can roll on D&D Beyond. D&D Beyond is a little more friendly when it comes to managing your character sheet, shopping for supplies, and um, doing long rests and, and short rests and whatnot. So it's nice to have that link where you can just roll your dice from Beyond. So I have um, DSL internet, so there's a bit of a lag, but it's not terrible there's a little bit of a, a like maybe a one second pause when you roll a dice from one where one website feeds the other and then the results show up for you i notice that sometimes uh, my my co-players will see the results before i do but that's okay so anyway i'm on the dnd5 e train i i'm not leaving the 1e 2e train i enjoy both games um but now that i've done it digitally 5e is making a lot more sense so I really encourage anyone who's struggling with that, like I was, to try it digitally, and hopefully it'll make more sense to you. What else? Um, traps. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to take a second about traps. This, this is one thing that I've noticed. I've watched a lot of um, online games, and not a lot, but some, okay? I've participated in a bunch. I've seen... Um, videos of a bunch and one of the things that I noticed that seems to be coming pretty common and I think it's I think it's equally as common in um, 1e as it is in 5e so I'm not gonna make this about a, an addition is that we run into this place of checking for traps like and just deferring it to the dice which is almost a disservice to thieves and so I've come to this place of 
rethinking how I run traps in my games. And like, really, I've came across a few suggestions and articles online to help with this, to help me come to this place. So I'm my my approach here isn't going to be unique by any means. I'm not the first to think of this, but I'm throwing it out there on the show because it's new to me. For example, when there's a trap, I'm running it as a dungeon master, it's often easier to forget the dice rolls, make the discovery automatic. And by that I mean, you know, everybody always sends the thief out first and he's got a handful of rolls. We And we get in this loop of detect traps. I notice the trap. Disarm trap. I disarm the trap. You know, hit or miss and then damage. And the only thing that really changes is the type of damage. You can add those descriptions like, okay, oh, a fire, bunch of fire that comes out, so you take fire damage. Like, oh, a bunch of, I don't know, undead gas comes out, you take necrotic damage or whatever, however you want to describe it, but it really boils down to detect, disarm, and then damage. And it's just, you get in this loop, and I was doing it as a dungeon master myself. So what I've started doing and I'm going to use this example. I use it in an article in the zine, and I'm going to use it here, is if there's, say, we're in a five-foot hallway with a door at the end of it. The Just coming down the hallway, the thief automatically notices I'm not even going to roll. But the thief notices that there's something different about the floor in front of this door. It looks as though it's a thin slab that probably can't sustain more than 40 pounds before it gives way and you suspect that there's a pit underneath okay so forget the roll we're just going to assume that the thief notices it's there because he's looking for it when when is a thief not looking for something so i let that be automatic um but what comes next is really interesting the players stop seeing it as a trap like the entire group stops seeing it as a trap what they see is it as as an obstacle, and it becomes a an encounter, which really feeds the game and feeds the immersion. So, first we'll have people doing various things to try to avoid walking on the floor. Um, they may want to remove the slab to see what kind of a pit's under there, even if it's a simple pit with some a couple of spikes or nothing, even just a pit that's twenty feet down. It's, potential falling damage uh, no way to walk around it um, they start finagling various ways to get over this trap and using their resources which as a dm is always great to watch the resources dwindle because you know there's a boss monster coming so i just let them do it just let them interact with a trap just let them role play it out you know and it's just so much better than detect disarm damage so to add pressure if they start fiddling around too much you can add a pack of zombies coming down the hallway well now you're in a time crunch you're in a squeeze let the zombies move painfully slow let them stumble over themselves it doesn't matter just put a bunch of them out there um and then suddenly they're they're like rushing to get across you know but the here's the trick you know the door is locked and it's just, I don't, it's just a simple lock. It's not complicated, but you have to get across. You can't put more than 40 pounds of pressure on this plate 
to get to that door to unlock it and then you got to get into the other side and you don't know what's on the other side so do they get over there with ropes and finagle or whatever spells and then try to listen to the door the zombies are coming so now you can't hear on the other side it really turns into this exciting role play opportunity where before it was just a series of three dice rolls so this is like my new approach to this is just avoiding the dice rolls completely and just and coming back around to making a trap a role-playing moment you know and, and just and let's letting it be what it is and let the let the party work through it it's really been great and it's really been an exciting sort of uh, alternative to to working my traps into an adventure and uh, I think it's going to be the case for a lot of my written adventures from now on is to not worry about detection and the dice rolls and the DCs and all that sort of thing. Like, yeah, I'll slap them in there if a game master wants them, but I'm going to offer the role play solution to them and make it a, a true encounter. So I hope that helps your game. And it certainly has improved my games and my approach to gaming and it's really added a new flavor to um the games that i've been running and especially like you know and the same goes with monsters you know that we get in this habit of um roll for initiative attack and damage um, and we're not playing through the monster encounters and you can do the same thing there you know um just take a look at the monster, like what they do. Orcs do all sorts of things on their own. Goblins do all sorts of things. Kobolds do all sorts of things. If we got to look at those, like the lives of those creatures and make it an interaction instead of just a handful of dice rolls. Um, I allow a lot of conversation in battle. Let, let the role play happen. Let monsters say things to one another. Let uh, monsters say things to the party. And it starts to make sense. Um, let the kobolds during the encounter plan out their pack tactics use so they might command uh, three or four to run f charge forward and start swinging while the others lie run back with bows and I've also started considering how monsters might talk their way out of a fight or around a fight or come to a alternate conclusion that doesn't mean pulling weapons out a lot of the, a lot of monsters really know that these armored tanks with wizards and spells and magic is just not going to end well i mean even if they're the simplest of monsters they know that this is not going to end well for them so what might they do it might just be easier for them to throw out all their dash on the ground and offer it as as like a bribe to w let us walk away here's everything we got you'll never see us again it makes for a more interesting interaction than just just whacking away with the swords it really it's it's an unexpected turn for me because I, I just you we can get in this rhythm so easily of fight take the dodge run away you know check for traps do the thing and move on you know and in in the game that i'm playing i noticed that sometimes 
especially when when DMs get tired or it gets late or you know whatever you know we just sort of fall into a habit and sometimes just rolling the dice isn't what I'm looking for as a gamer I'm looking for these opportunities to say something clever that my character might say and with these unexpected opportunities it comes up more often and um and it, you don't need the dice it's it's funny how it works and it's wonderful how it works i know this is old news to a lot of like gms that have been running for a while and it's super creative i mean i know this is old news but to the newer gms it's, it's not old news and to me even who's been i've been playing this since i don't even know the 80s um i forget <laughs> that it can be done that way you know we just it, i'm glad it's there anyway this is a, kind of a short show i hope you all i hope my rambling has helped your game a little and don't forget to back the zine. I really appreciate all the support from Maximum HP. The website is MaximumHP.com. And like I said, it's, t it's uh, the 24th of October, 2020. And the Kickstarter's live. Um, if you want to get your hands on any copies, you can buy them back issues through the website. And you can also get them through every Kickstarter that we run. Have a good day. Have some good games. And we'll talk again soon. This is Maximum HP. <laughs>